Chris Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu. Wind, 0605. Zero, Seriously, it's Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Hazardous weather information from Minnesota available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast. Connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this episode, we're talking about charitable fly-ins with Cole Finley and Brittany Griffin with the Columbia Regional Airport in Missouri. They've hosted a series of successful fly-ins, and we learn how they brought it all together. And as always, news, information, and events from around the region, with some friendly hangar talk along the way. So strap in, and let's take off into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Hey, Jim. Hey, Trevor. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm having fun ignoring Maddie because, I mean, let's face it, she was the only one out of the three of us that went to Oshkosh. She was. I, I kind of want to ignore her, too, but she also um, did a lot of networking on her behalf, and she made some great connections out there, and I want to hear what she has to say. I'll allow it. Okay. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Jim. Back from the week of wonderful aviation, Air Venture 2022. So, Maddie, the moment that we've been dying for, tell us all about your experience at Oshkosh. I had a really good time. I good. did. I did a lot of things. I both networked for the podcast. We I appreciate was, that. No problem. I was uh, chilling my own little uh, little envelopes that went that they went hand in hand. I just threw things at people. It was great. Um, and I met a lot of awesome people and I found several who would like to be on the podcast. So I'm very excited for that. Great. Few notable mentions. Um, got to meet a longtime listener, the Badger Pilot based out of Wisconsin. What's up, Badger Pilot? Thanks for listening to us and giving us all your support. Um, also, while I was there, I got to see my friend Sarah, who lives in Kansas. So that is part of the Midwest. Now, did you tell her that you're on a podcast? Because your last friend we talked to didn't know you had a podcast. Yes. Okay. She does know. I gave her a shirt. I'm not sure if she wore it. Sarah, please wear the shirt. <laughs> but yes, Hannah will, even though she's not Midwestern, she will listen to the podcast. Very Sweet. excited about that. I met up with uh, the gal who writes all of the flight training materials for Jefferson. Her name is Liz. She's awesome. Um, I've met her before, but she actually helped me personally pass my instrument. Um, so that was really cool. That's and cool. I got to meet up again with her and tell her of all of my accomplishments and things. And it was, it was really awesome. Got to meet up with her a couple times and she expressed interest about being on the podcast. More to come on that later. There's some things that are happening. Very exciting. Ooh, I like the suspense. Mm. Yeah, I am too. I'm enjoying the suspense. Uh, another fun non-Midwestern notable mention was Captain Joe. I got to meet Captain Joe from Germany. He was wonderful. Excellent conversationalist. He's got a really good channel. I actually Oh my gosh, I love watching him. It was really cool to meet Captain Joe. It was the only time that I like met somebody that I was simply just a fan of. Like I feel like Brian's a friend of the channel now, so he's not necessarily just like somebody I enjoy on the internet. But it was cool. It was really cool to meet him in person. It was totally random. Uh, I was actually talking to Andrew, the Badger pilot, at the Cirrus booth. And we were chatting and he's just like, yeah, I just met a Captain Joe. I was like, Captain Joe? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's over there in like the white t-shirt, like the most generic outfit ever. I'm like, really? And and he calls him over. And I'm like, I was like going to melt into my shoes. And he was super nice. We talked for like 15 minutes, which I'm sure sucked up. Like that was like a lot of valuable time for him. But 
like he was really great and he was just hanging out and you know doing his thing and it was, it was cool to see so last but not least i met up with brian turner in the flesh finally very exciting time um we went out to dinner with a couple other youtubers yep fire pilot yep the fire pilot being one of them he was very nice um and his wife he said you're very memorable yeah they wanted me to go out to the sos rose tent and i did not do that so i'm sure brian's still mad at me (laughs) yes i am super lame (laughs) i didn't go out to the beer tent i was there with my dad as usual if you don't know it is our annual pilgrimage out to wisconsin my dad and i go every year it's kind of our thing so yeah i want to spend as much time with him there as possible especially now that i moved out which is a life event that i am now announcing i live in kansas now oh Oh, we didn't even talk about that welcome to kansas which is part of the midwest still (laughs) yes it is part of the midwest officially back to oshkosh oshkosh was absolutely incredible i was there uh sunday through friday i i left friday morning which was pretty long. Saturday evening, we had the storm, trademark. Yep, the Oshkosh storm. It, it came early. Yeah, it came early. The whole week was actually pretty nice. The whole week was beautiful. Official Oshkosh was pretty nice. Right. But the Saturday, oof, that storm was scary. We, My dad and I weren't sure if the tent would survive the storm and we were inside it. So... This is a little terrifying. The straight line winds were intense. It was very scary for about 30 minutes uh, with the winds, even though we held up the tent, it still snapped a couple poles. Um, It was intense. Like I was sitting on the floor in the middle of the tent and the tent hit me in the face. In the face. In the face. It was kind of nuts, Uh, but it was, it was really great overall. Well, I'm really glad you had a good time at, at Oshkosh and you were able to meet some really cool people, meet some of our fans. Cool things. So very cool things until next year. See ya. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) See ya, Oshkosh. So I hear that Trevor had some fun and exciting flying experiences and may have some congratulations in order. Thank you, Jim. I I finally, after what seemed like years, got my multi-commercial. Sweet. And it sounds like it wasn't without some uh, challenges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's hear about it. So the oral was much less than oral, but it was it was a long, it was actually a really good conversation. We got to the flying portion and the runway that we had to use, well, the one, the runway the winds were favoring was too short for us. So we had to take off with almost a direct crosswind, um, threading needle with inbound and, and uh, you know, outbound. So arrivals and departures for the favored runway um, in a non-controlled airport with a highly congested airspace. Yeah, really nailed my short field landing, which is actually pretty good. good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks, Seth Lake, for being my designated pilot examiner. Well, congratulations again, Trevor. I am excited that you got that rating under your belt. And we'll look forward to continuing successes from you as you wrap up your school in Arkansas. All right, let's do some news. Onward with the news. Take it away, you two. The EAA has finally crunched all the numbers, and they had record-breaking attendance this year. Even more than 2019 and 2021, this year, 650,000 people went to Oshkosh, which is 42,000 more than 2021. And even in 2019, only 642,000 people showed up. I say only, like that's a tiny number. But this year, so many people showed up. There was representation from 92 countries. And there was a marriage. There was a couple that got married at Oshkosh and a couple that got engaged on top of a B25, which is hashtag life goals. So congratulations to those two couples. Very exciting. Um, You can go look. Flying Magazine has an article that details all of the numbers and the economic impact of Oshkosh, because that's something that I've actually never thought about. So pretty cool. So we're going to stay on the theme of Oshkosh, and we're going to stay in the state of Wisconsin. There is a camp in Wisconsin uh, called Girl Venture, EA Girl Venture at Oshkosh. Now, 
this is here to uh, to really entice females to really embrace the aviation community, get in there and start their pilot's license, evening up the uh, the male versus female numbers. There's about 14,500 openings in the airlines, and we're hoping to get more women in aviation. You know, as, as we've tried to highlight in this podcast previously, try to get these, these women in aviation more prominent roles. Overall, there are 83 campers between the ages of 14 and 18, all from different parts of the country. There's STEM activities. One of the presenters was actually a research pilot, Elizabeth Liz Ruth, who actually sat there in her flight suit talking to all these young girls on what it's like to be a uh, aviation pioneer. On a related note, there is something in the summer um, every year called uh, Girls in Aviation Day. Um, they're all around the country. So if you don't go to Oshkosh, haven't gone to Oshkosh, don't plan to, um, you may have a Girls in Aviation Day in your area. Many people on these social media interwebs really had some fun time talking about the uh, the Missouri pilot or the student pilot that ran out of gas and landed his plane on the Missouri highway. Apparently, the guy was accused of a DWI. It should be more like FWI, flying under the influence. Pilot who was hospitalized with minor injuries after he hit a guardrail. He had marijuana, which is not a good thing. But then he had a gun. I don't know why the gun is a big deal, but I mean, let's be While under the influence, <clears throat> not wise to carry. I agree. Um, the student pilot, he landed on the highway after he flew without gas. It was a Piper Cherokee. He landed about 2.45 in the morning at, on I-70 I near Grain Valley, uh, which is about 20 miles east of Kansas City. In other news, there is now a uh, an airplane for sale. That's an insurance salvage, more than likely. May or may not have marijuana in it. Maybe get that checked out first. Yes. A couple weeks ago, Kansas officials and congressional leaders celebrated the unveiling of a statue of aviation pioneer Amelia Earhart in the U.S. Capitol. So this is a bronze statue that they put up um, to inspire the future generations to become pilots. Amelia Earhart, she disappeared in 1937. She did make a successful transatlantic flight before this, but she actually did land in Washington, D.C. at one point, which was kind of cool. The purpose of this, uh, each state gets to select two individuals from their state to be represented in the National Statuary Hall collection. Amelia Earhart was born and raised in Atchison, which is a small town in the northeast of Kansas. She is still today one of the most recognizable and celebrated aviators of all time. Uh, the statue rests on limestone from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and it's said to be viewed by two to three million visitors from around the world each year. Hey, let's let's talk about Illinois. For many aviators, Illinois has not really been known as the greatest bastion of aviation, considering Mayor Daly's assault on aviation back in Chicago Mix Field. But Illinois Aviation System Plan is a blueprint for airport growth, which is actually kind of cool because in this plan, the governor, J.B. Pritzker, proclaimed August, so this month, as Aviation Appreciation Month in the state of Illinois. That's actually kind of cool because, you know, we have so much money that's designated to a lot of these public airports, public and private airports. And this uh, this improvement system um, showing how to rebuild airports and things like that, there was a analysis done on 85 public use facilities and then and four private airports for a total of 85. It basically talks about the DOT's long-range transportation plan. Airports are, you know, they're, they're a non-renewable resource and basically talks about, you know, the, the $77.8 million that's given across all the major roads and, and whatnot, given back to the airports and keep it up, Illinois, keep growing aviation. We have Meg's field back. Please. Please. Hey, Jim. Do we have some events? We sure do have some events to talk about. Let's jump into those. We'll have the Shawano, Wisconsin Airport Flying and Car Show. They're expecting to have some classic antique Warbird and other aircraft, as well as skydivers and some other surprises. I like surprises. I do too. Food and beverage will be on site. There will be some entry and parking fees. If you would like some more information, go ahead and shoot them an email at info at airport.com. If you're not able to make it to Wisconsin that day, you can head on over to Illinois. At 11 a.m. that same day, they'll have the Coles County Municipal Airport Air Show 22. Promises to be a non-stop day of fun. Gates open at 11 a.m. and show runs from noon to 3. This year's entertainment includes U.S. Air Force A-10 demo team, the T-6 Spanish Lady, as well as a number of static displays. They're also going to have a number of aircraft available for rides, including a UH-1 Huey, Cobra helicopter, B-25, T-6s, and much more. Looks like an exciting event, so if you're out in Illinois, go check that out. And for those of you in Indiana, 
We have an event for you Saturday, August 20th as well. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., there will be lunch at the airport at the Hendricks County Airport in Avon, Indiana. They'll have hot air balloons, fire and sheriff's office vehicles on display, lifeline helicopter, RC airplane demonstrations, and discovery flights. Lunch will be served from 11 to 2, adults is $8, children aged 7 to 12 are 5, children 6 and under are free. Saturday, August 27th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the 2022 Meadow Creek Air Park Fly-In Drive-In Open House. Saturday, August 27th, we will have the Painesville 2022 Air Show. It will include a fly-in, underwing camping, a flower drop contest, airplane rides, static displays, and so much more. It won't be as much of a underwing camping event as Oshkosh, but it could still be fun nonetheless. And finally, Labor Day weekend, there is the Cricket Grooms Annual Fly-In at Sydna, Michigan. Airport identifier is 6 Yankee 9. That event will include pilots uh, camping overnight as well. This is another opportunity to socialize with your fellow aviators. And from what I've heard, this is the airport that your flight instructor warns you about. It's a turf runway, it's a short field, it's a soft field, and it's got 50 foot trees on either end of the runway. So if you're up for the challenge, come on out to that event and fly in, camp in, and enjoy a good time. Hey, Jim, what do we have for our episode today? So on this episode, we talk with Cole Finley and Brittany Griffin about their charitable fly-ins that they've had at the Columbia Regional Airport down in Missouri. Unfortunately, when we recorded this interview, Maddie was a little under the weather. So it's just me and Trevor having a chat with those two and learning about uh, how they came up with their concept and what they plan to do in the future. So we talked about Cole and Brittany in a previous podcast as it pertains to some of the really cool flyings that they've done down in Columbia Regional, um, as far as some food drives, things of charitable nature, things like that. And we were pretty inspired by it. I, at one point, um, we were reading a news article about it, and I had challenged our fans to find Cole so that we could talk to him. And I cheated, and I did some detective work, and I found him on my own. But at any rate, we're really happy to have you both. Yes, thank absolutely. you for having us. Yes, thank you. If either of you have listened to the podcast before, then you you know that we typically start with kind of five rapid fire questions to get everyone loose, whether it be us, you guys, um, and just to have a good time. So how we're going to do this is you're both allowed to answer. I think, well, here's what we'll do. Um, I'll ask the question and then you both can answer it. And then Trevor and I will secretly judge you or <laughs> maybe not so secretly um, as to who has a better answer. Perfect. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. What is the best part of Midwest Aviation? And this is a very open-ended question. This could be anything. Yep. It is the small town feel. No matter where you're going, where you're flying at in the Midwest, you're bound to know somebody somewhere and you just feel like you're at home. No matter where you go to. That's yeah. probably the number one answer. I don't even know if you need to answer, Cole, do you? Yeah, I mean, I've been... <laughs> maybe throwing like a comparison it really is it's like a it's like a spider web you know you jump from you know say here in columbia to you know somebody knows somebody in st louis who knows somebody in you know uh bloomington illinois who knows somebody you know and it just continues to move whichever direction you want yeah the for such a i mean theoretically big community it gets small really fast when you start figuring out people that you're all connected with so absolutely. oh absolutely and we're social people, so. Right. We literally talk, you know, for a living, so we're good at it. <laughs> right, right. There you go. Um, this is a common question that we ask, but I'm going to put a spin on it. What is the worst aviation movie that's out there? Typically, I ask the best, or what's your favorite, or what's your favorite movie quote? We're going to go worst this time. What's the worst aviation movie you can think of? Horizon Line. It's right. Garbage. If they're that bad, have we even really heard of them? You know, if, if they're truly that bad, man, that's that's a good question. I'm not going to pull a Waterloo Jack and be like, okay, I need to come back on that one, but I might have to. Okay. Brittany, you got one? I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this one, but Midway. I did not enjoy that one at all. We'll we'll allow it. As long as you didn't say airplane, we'll allow it. Oh, that's number one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brittany gets to stick. I have to refrain from making airplane jokes on a daily basis out yeah. here. It, that's it really a lot can't of us, be I think. <laughs> I am serious. Don't call her Shirley. I mean, it's 
<laughs> All right, Cole, I'm going to give you a pass and we can come back to it all the time. Unless you got one. No, not not at the moment. We'll go to we'll go to number three and right, I might well, have we'll see. Fair enough. Number three. What is a fantasy aircraft if you could own any aircraft? What would it be? <laughs> oh Lord. Or mercy. even just fly it once. You don't have to because ownership comes with a lot of responsibility that yeah, not a lot of people I, want I, to take on. Flying it or flying in it once. Um P fifty one Mustang. I just want to fly in one. <laughs> Just one time. <laughs> I like that answer. Yeah, I'd Pretty say, iconic. man, I'd have to go with the A-10. You know, oh. the, the only airframe that, that, it's a flying gun. The only yeah. airframe. <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I mean, so that, that would be mine. Yep. To, you know, be able to fly, you know, at super, super slow speeds. And you know, obviously, if you're going to fly, you have to fire the, whatever, I think it's 30 millimeter cannon. So oh, yeah. you gotta, if you're going to fly it, you might as well get a little exactly. burr out of it. Exactly. Okay. If there's a person that either of you could meet, aviation-related, dead or alive, who would it be? Mm. Any <laughs> person aviation-related, dead or alive. Um, It might be cliche, but... <laughs> I mean, the reason we all do what we do, I mean, the Wright brothers, it'd be pretty interesting to go back in time and see their thought process. And when yeah. you got a map, people probably thought they were insane. You know what I mean? Like, you, you guys are going to do what? Yeah. I'd like to, you know, be there, you know, for those conversations to meet those guys. And I mean, obviously, clearly, they were determined because they got it done. So yep. yeah, I'd say I'd say the Wright brothers. And I don't know if anyone has actually said that answer yet before. So I don't. I don't think so. Good deal. <laughs> Trailblazer. All right. Here comes the last one. Are you, you ready? This is going to apply to you a little bit more, Cole, than Brittany. But I'll allow Brittany to have a, uh, an opinion as well. What radio phrase makes you cringe? I have a few, but I'm going to let you go first. No, go ahead. Oh, I want to hear this. So I'm well, we already that. talked. To, I, I don't know if we were recording yet or not, but uh, the second Waterloo Jack, the with you, um, the the classic, <laughs> the classic, you know, uh, saying you have Adis Victor, for instance, when, you know, that's not the current Adis <laughs> and you're the classic, you know, you're requesting a taxi to a runway that's closed or a taxiway intersection that's closed. I'm like, okay. I know you're lying. I'm not going to call you out on it, but I'm just going to simply ask that you go get the current information and come back to me. But yeah, I'll, those I'd say those two were, were probably the biggest ones. You know, we're, we're a small airport, so really, really don't have too many crazy ones. Brittany, what do you got? I don't know if it's so much just phrases as it is habits. You know, you get those ones that will... Now you'll hear the guys over there on the radio calling out to an aircraft and then they just don't want to repeat anything back or they get it all mixed up or they, you know, just those little habits. Like, come on, guys, you've been doing this long enough now. You should know the routine of this at this point. New students, I can understand, but there's some of those pilots that have been out there for years that just don't want to follow the rules of the radio. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. You know, I'm going to be with you 100% on that. I couldn't tell you how many heart attacks I've almost had just by people just flying around idiotically or the lack thereof. I mean, the lack, <laughs> the lack of communication. Yes. I remember, yes. I remember, I think it was a week ago. Um, I had the opening shifts and I get, we could probably get into that later, but you know, we close at night. We're not a 24 hour facility. Um, and I'm calling my overlying approach control, getting a, a debrief of, you know, who's on the ground, who's got a clearance already, what the flow board's looking like. And all of a sudden, I just hear this, you know, run up of a prop. And I'm like, okay, we're like three quarters of a mile away from the ramp. And that's way, you know, I've been here for a few years. So that sounds way louder than it should be. And as I'm on the headset, you know, talking to our approach, I, you know, see this aircraft go rotating off the runway. No call, no nothing. And I'm just like, man, that that's how people get killed. Like, you just cannot do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get us started with the topic of today's episode, which is um, the two of you and the charitable fly-ins that you've hosted. So to get us going, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds in aviation first. So I actually started over at American Airlines as a ramp agent down there at the uh, commercial terminal here. 
And about three years ago, a little over three years ago, I hop skipped and jumped on down the line and was a line tech down here at Columbia Jet Center and just doing a little bit of everything. I work behind the desk, I do the charter operations, I do the event planning. I started taking some flying lessons, but everything else just got in the way that haven't been able to get back up there yet. So I guess my my background starts um, 2012, I joined the Army. Uh, I am a former U.S. Army Air Traffic Controller, 15 Quebec, for any of those others listening. Um, was in the Army for six years, um, went not all over the place, uh, originally joined wanting to deploy. I'm like, you know, if I'm going to join the Army, I want to go go all in. I want to deploy to a combat environment. Um, mm-hmm. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, uh, never had that opportunity, but I did get to travel. Um, first duty station was in South Korea, um, was in a tactical unit down there. So we did a lot of uh, South Korean and, you know, U.S. Army Alliance missions and, you know, training missions and things of that nature. Um, got orders to go to Fort Hood, Texas uh, next and spent the rest of my career there. Um Pretty good, pretty good experience overall. And in all honesty, that being at that unit and that location set me up for where I am today. And the Army, um, majority of your controllers are going to go tactical. We have four um, tactical systems, two radar and two, you know, essentially what you would consider tower. Um, and I was assigned to one of those tower teams and just loved it. Loved, you know, being able to see and, and, you know, see the big picture of the airspace. At Fort Hood, I was able to get assigned to Hood Army Airfield um, and work at Hood Tower where I got my first CTO. Um, After that, uh, came back down to the tactical unit. We got orders and notification that we were going to Europe. Um, Split our unit up into two teams. I took a team to Latvia. Um, Had a great, great group of guys and gals out there, um, worked with the Latvian Air Force, got to see a lot of really old, cool aircraft. The Latvian Air Force actually still flies an old AN-2. They'll do airborne operations out of it, like practice airborne operations out of it. So great experience. Then I got out, started with the company I work for now, which is Midwest ATC, was assigned to Bloomington, Illinois. And again, that place just set me up for more success to to where I am now. Great little airport, um, busy little airport, and a great tower manager and a team of controllers up there that just really got me to where I am today. Um, And then by the grace of God, I was only with that uh, facility for six months. And still to this day, don't know how it happened, but the controller leaving here, whose spot I ended up taking, somehow got my number called me, I was on shift and had a missed call after I got off. Had a text message said, hey, I know you don't know this person, but my name is John, I'm a controller in Columbia. I heard you're from here, which I am, Columbia's in this mid-Missouri area is my hometown. Um, I'm leaving and I wanted to afford you the opportunity to, you know, throw your, throw your hat in the ring for a transfer. And yeah, long story short, I was transferred within like a month and a half and they're stuck with me now because I'm not going anywhere. Nice. <laughs> nice. We're okay with that, though. We yeah. keep telling him he's not allowed to leave anymore. <laughs> That's better than you the like, Yeah, are you going to move or transfer anytime soon? Just ask, <laughs> no. asking for a friend. That's right. <laughs> I had a few pilots that panicked when they thought that he was leaving because of a part-time job he was taking outside of here. I'm like, no, he's not going anywhere. We're not going to let him. We'll duct tape him to a chair if we have to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not leaving. That's a good vote of confidence too. Though, if they're willing to duct tape you to chairs and commit right. penalties to keep you there. I'll take that as a positive note, I guess. There you go. Oh, absolutely. So, how did you two come up with these events? So, the food flight was actually more his brainchild here, but he kind of approached us that we're here at the Jet Center asking about using our facilities. And okay, but I'll let him talk about how he kind of came up with the idea. Yeah, it was, you know, so we're, we're, I guess if you want to call it post COVID at this point to where, you know, gatherings are becoming a regular thing again. Um, and I was, I had the morning shift, we were getting ready to do shift change and I was talking to another controller of ours and literally just had like a seed of 
thought sprout. I was like, why are we not doing any any flying here? We're between two major metro areas, three really if you count Springfield, because it's only about an hour flight in you know Cherokee or Cessna from yep. Springfield. Um, I'm like, why are we not doing this? Why are we not capitalizing on you know gatherings becoming again you know more often again? Um, well, and boost yeah. your numbers too. Right, right. Boost you know traffic numbers. It's it's fantastic exposure for for the jet center and mentioned it to him and he was like yeah go for it so literally called Brittany on my way home and I was like hey I have this crazy idea and yeah she was like I'm I'm completely on board let's do it yep let me know what you need and what I can do and we'll get this happening yeah that's awesome and so what was the planning process like yeah so that was kind of you know the idea I'm like okay you know, any, any made any grocery store, really, um, you know, ball game, um, college stadium, something like that. You'll see like those food bin collection points, you know, that most people in and out of a grocery store in and out of a stadium really just going to walk by and be like, you know what, that's a great cause, but you know, I'm trying to get in and out of the grocery store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, why not contact number one had to contact <laughs> the food bank for central and Northeast Missouri, uh, which is located here in Columbia. When I present the idea to them, of course, it's brand new to them. They're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, <laughs> they were all on board. Again, just like Brittany said, they said, you know, whatever you need. So then it was, okay, let's let's talk about logistics. And that's really where Brittany came in. Can we do use a hanger for a collection point? She's like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now we have a little event hanger that we use for those charter operations. And that's perfect. Why couldn't we use that for these flying events, you know? So We've got that there set up with tables, chairs, food collection bins. We've got that figured out. Let's figure out our peak flight times of the day so we can figure out when we can get the most traffic in here for this next. And that that one was, if my memory serves me correctly, it was the third weekend in March, which here in Missouri, it can be like 75 and sunny, you know, blue, crystal clear bluebird day, or it's snow, one of the two. Uh Or both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was really one gamble. I think I originally came up with the idea like mid to late February. You know, we're all looking forward to spring. Like, oh my gosh, I'm ready for traffic to pick back up. I think February is typically our slowest month mm-hmm. just because of weather. Yeah, that was that was kind of a major gamble. The first day, um, it was very, very windy. I do remember that. I think we had like northwest winds gusting up to 20, 25 knots. But we still had a great turnout. Yeah. We really did. Um, we weren't sure entirely what to expect either with it being our very first event. We threw this together, what, in two weeks? Yeah, two to three weeks. You know, it was just kind of a fly by the seat of our pants. Let's, let's work, work this out. Let's look, see what we can get done. Yeah, and kind of as a, an, an incentive, I guess, for the pilots. You know, if a pilot reads a, um, a flyer and says, you know, okay, yeah, that's great, a food drive, but... And not to sound selfish, but you know, what's in it for me? What's mm-hmm. what's it what's uh, in it for me to make it worth my time? Um, so I'd even reached out. Being you know, Columbia is a city of anywhere from 100 to 120 thousand just in that one city. So I started contacting food trucks to see if they'd be willing to come out and set up. You know, if guys fly in, we don't have a restaurant here at the FBO yet. Guys flying from Kansas City, St. Louis, wherever in the state. You know, what grab a bite to eat, stretch their legs, you know, talk with other pilots, um, swap information, and then, you know, head back home. And then also part of that, you know, from our standpoint here at the Jet Center, you know, we were waiving any and all ramp fees that day for anybody that brought food donations and also giving discounted prices on our low lead fuel rates. Nice. You know, just to incentivize people to come on out. And join That's a good an incentive group. on its own. Yeah. Well, exactly. An opportunity for fuel. You know, discounted fuel, you know, no ramp fee, food, and, you know, you feel good about it at the end of the day right. when you're bringing, you know, a dozen cans of whatever. So, yeah, all in all, um, a great success. I, again, if my memory serves me correctly, um, I think we're at, what, 550 to 600 pounds of, fuel, of food? Yeah. Um, wow. And then enough cash donation to provide 900 meals. Oh, wow. 900 meals. What's really cool is the fact that, like, right now we're seeing a lot of inflation and cost of food and all that stuff going up. Having events like this is, is really key for communities because 
I mean, I, I hear it on the news all the time. Oh, this food pantry is running out of supplies. You know, families aren't able to provide the way they were able to, you know, even a year ago. So yeah. kudos to you guys, you know, pulling this off. It's, well, thank you. Yeah. And, and like you and I Trevor, were talking before, um, you know, aviation and, you know, private flying in general, I think is so often seen as, as a hobby, mm-hmm. but while you're participating in that hobby, why not use, you know, your plane, plane or FBO or whoever the plane belongs to utilize that resource to, you know, help your state, help your community. I don't know. It just has a bigger reach, I guess, than, you know, having a, a, a collection bin in front of a grocery store yeah. for one or yeah. two people. Well, it's, it's humbling. I mean, you, if you have an immediate impact into somebody's life. I, I mean, a, a great example is, um, it was back in 2017 and this guy kind of this this particular example kind of sticks out of my mind in that he flew out of lakeville minnesota which is not too far from hormel if you guys know hormel you got if you guys know spam you know hormel right right they're they're the the spam manufacturers he flew a cirrus full jam-packed like maxed out his weight and fuel carrying spam down to one of those places down in texas yeah just just a plane full of spam um, yeah, that's a, that's a huge trip yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a huge trip, but it was all donated too by Hormel. Wow! And so being yeah, able yeah. to, yeah, being able to really reach out to the community and say, "Hey, look, this is what I'm doing." Right, it's yeah. awesome. Your your reward is going to be great. You know, and you see it. You know, in those emergency situations, hurricanes and, and floods and tornadoes, any natural disaster. Um, yep. You know, with the military, with the National Guard, with you know. Um, them using, you know, Chinooks and Blackhawks and, you know, C-130s for super long trips to yep. take this, but you can scale that down yep. and, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to call in the National Guard. You can do nope. it yourself. It's more of an experiment on our end. Is this going to work out and can we make it work out and how can we do better in the future? Yeah. You guys mentioned 600 pounds or so of food, but do you know how many aircraft you brought in for that event? If I remember correctly, for that particular event, we brought in roughly about 30 aircraft. There was some that were actually already here on the ramp and happened to watch our news our, our newscast on it the night before. When they came out the next morning to leave, they participated in it as well. Oh, that's cool, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like I mentioned, with that first day with, you know, gusty winds being such a a, a major factor. Oh, sure. Um, that really kind of cut down on the traffic but uh we do have a local flight group not not too far from here at all i think about 25 or 30 driving miles mm-hmm. um the daniel boone flying club out of boonville missouri and they, they drove had, yeah they either drove or had one or two guys you know brave the winds who needed nice. you know cross or whatever mm-hmm. um and, and came in for the event so how did this blossom into another event it was just kind of sitting back talking about it and just the experience that it brought to everybody here, just because it was our very first flying event here at the Jet Center in general. And like, what can we do to draw people here? And one of the pilots for a flight club that we have out here had mentioned to Cole about why aren't they doing some kind of regular routine flying event? So Cole and I sat down, started working on the next one. What are we going to do for this next one? I love the charity event behind it. I love the flying event and people love food. So where are we going with this? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really it was just kind of riding the wave of, you know, I, I caught the this podcast's eye or ear about it. Um, we did have a couple local news stations come out and cover the event and, you know, air it there. I know other couple blog uh, posts and, and made um, uh, Missouri Pilots Association and things of that nature. Um, I think I literally came in after the event was done. I was like, okay, what are we doing the next one? What's next? <laughs> um, and yeah, that's when we thought of the idea. Pancake blinds are obviously very popular among everyone loves pancakes. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was like, you know what? Let's Why do it. <laughs> don't we do one? And so we kind of looked at the calendar of, you know, when some of the university um, athletic events were wrapping up and, you know, charters, kind of ceased for the year, for the academic year. And that brought us to Mother's Day weekend. Um, so we hosted that pancake fly-in, which was for the Rainbow House of Columbia, mm-hmm. which is the uh, 
Children's Advocacy Center and, and Emergency Shelter for, you know, abused and neglected children. So um, we figured, okay, that's going to be, that's going to be our next one. We help, you know, families in general, let's focus on, you know, helping the kids out. Kind of the same process, contacted them, said, hey, we got this idea. And it was good because it was, you know, on the, on the tailcoat of the, the food drive, you know, it was fresh in the news. It was fresh in everybody's minds, you know, oh yeah, we just saw that, you know, on the news or in the newspaper or whatever. And we ran with it, of course. And clearly they were accepting of, <laughs> of the, uh, of the donations. So yeah, the only gamble with that one was, man, are people going to want to fly on the Saturday before mother's day? Um, we thought free food food and flying exactly mm -hmm. Dude, pilot's favorite f-words that's exactly right <laughs> free yep. and food free and food yep. and we had all of those there um yep. and no expletive needed exactly um <laughs> but looking back at that one you know and i'm not trying to compare the two because they're obviously two there were two great events for two great causes sure but the pancake flying <laughs> it absolutely blew the brakes off of the uh of the food drive um poor cole was just back there flipping pancakes and <laughs> yeah. two hours so, yeah. we had a co-worker come over that was flipping some bacon and sausage yeah so i took i took a day off of uh, a half day off of work to come over and you know i i borrowed a griddle um from a family member actually from my mom and dad um i think dad was out of town on drill and he's like yeah i'm not using to go for it <laughs> originally i was gonna let him know i wasn't even really gonna ask him say hey dad i need your help this weekend mother's day weekend um we're gonna cook some pancakes for some pilots but he was like i can't i have drill so um that led to me of course when i was clearing all this with my with my atm my air traffic manager um mark stemple great guy um he's like oh yeah he's like i'm off on saturday so i'll come over and help you and nice. uh, we were busy well we also cow. we did have a vip member show up that found out about it beforehand uh mizzou's head coach coach drinkwitz found out and brought his family out that morning before they were traveling cool so i think that helped contribute to a lot of the traffic that we saw which we are not complaining about nope uh, and also the fact that we were helping out not just with the rainbow house but cole reached out to like crane's meat processing here it's a very local meat processing facility here. They donated some of the food to the drive. B&B uh, Bagel, he reached out to them. They donated some coffee for us so that we could serve some hot coffee. So it was very local. It was very community oriented. And that's, you know, that's what we were striving for with that one. How can we help our, our community in every way? I love that, especially bringing the rest of the community into it as well, getting other businesses to contribute. And I have a bit of a soft spot for children's advocacy, which is part of why when you did your second one, I'm like, oh, I got to talk to these guys. This is awesome. Well, good. Um, I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it caught your eye. And um, no, I, I just think it's great when you can involve the community as well. And not only that, but it, it shows that the aviation community is part of that community too. Because um, a lot of people are just like, oh, there's an airport over there, but they don't really understand what comes with that. And the great people that are within the aviation community and how we can contribute to the overall benefit of everybody too, not just we're out there flying and making noise. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and Paul's kind of our people person. So he was the one reaching out to the different FBOs and the different airports <laughs> and the different flying clubs and saying, Hey guys, we got this going on. You want to come out and help contribute to it. And it worked. It really did. We had people from Illinois. Yeah. Illinois. So across, you know, St. Louis, Kansas City sit on the border. And yeah, we had people from across the borders and state lines in both those states. Um, very rural areas of Missouri, um, more populated areas of Missouri, even our local pilots that are, you know, fly out of here, drove up again, the head football coach decided yeah. to come in and get a plate for his family. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. How many airplanes do you think you served? That um, one, we yeah. had the numbers actually pulled up. We actually kept track of that one. Um, I think at this one, we had over 25. So the food drive was a two day event, two day event, four hours each. So eight hours total. Yeah. Um, the pancake flying was only a four hour event. And at you know, 25 aircraft fly in from all over the place for that one. Not to mention all of the, the airline employees here on the airfield, TSA agents, um, you know, CJC, FBO employees, tower personnel clearly, because myself and my boss were there. Um, yeah. yeah. It was 
it was awesome. It's rewarding when we can highlight the good things that we're helping the community yep. that actually sheds a whole bigger light as to what an aviation community can actually do. Well, thank you. And for that event, I believe for Rainbow House, we were able to collect, what was it, $1,200? Yeah, over $1,200. $1,200, and they were using that towards their facility upgrades that they were putting in. Very much yeah. so, very, very much needed. And these youth shelters, they operate on such a shoestring budget. So being able to help those guys out, it's it definitely makes you a better man. It does, and it's just exciting to see and, and bring it to, to folks who aren't in aviation bring it to their realization that it's a possibility like it's not you know aviation just isn't you know airlines traveling on vacation or for business or or what have you or you know the military like i mentioned earlier it's a hobby that can also be duplicated as a resource if needed absolutely yeah i love the idea of flying with a purpose i mean you got people who fly the same hour over and over and over again just working their pattern or their practice area at their airport but to expand your opportunities of where you can go and be able to contribute to other people's lives is i think a really great th thing about aviation too 100 percent. that was kind of our mindset also what what reason can we give folks to fly and come here and visit us at the jet center and at columbia regional side so what's the next one there you go. That's the big question. What's next? We just started kind of brainstorming this one. We're looking at, it's going to be kind of our big blowout event for the rest of the year. Um, we're looking at the end of September. We're looking at involving the entire airport out here because our airport is so small. So we've got the commercial terminal next door with the police officers. We've got the jet center here with our flight instructors. we got the tower right across. We all work together. Mm -hmm. So we have kind of tossed around the idea of having a friendly chili cook-off competition between the departments oh. with having two different charities here to sponsor. And one of them is a women's shelter. I'm not going to throw their name out there just yet, but it is a women's emergency shelter. And then the, help me out with this one, Cole, what was the name? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw your name out there for this one. Um, it is Missouri River Relief. So we've, as you've seen, we've focused on, you know, uh, uh, food banks and food shelters um and you know helping the kids out and which are all fantastic causes and i could not be happier that we did it but i do think that um especially this you know day and age that you know conservation and and preserving what resources we do have kind of get overlooked so missouri river relief they're a volunteer-based organization that goes out and cleans up the missouri river um and you know cleans up trash from from floodwaters um and just anything that trickles down from your, you know, your creek that goes into a larger creek and really just kind of that watershed. Let's just be honest, it's, it's the garbage from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there, right? <laughs> Save us some work down here. Right. Well, now I feel obligated to come. <laughs> yeah, you, you absolutely should. All of our dirty garbage coming down the rivers and polluting missouri I'll, I'll think about it yeah <laughs> then when you get here you can cook some chili and throw your hat in the ring to see if you win i will not i can guarantee you that and <laughs> <laughs> of september you guys are looking um we obviously will highlight the hell out of it when you guys have a date so let us know and we will we'll make sure to plug that and try to get some people there it would be cool to see some people you know come down from minnesota or Iowa, or, you know, really anybody in the Midwest or even in the South. I don't care where they come from. What's your identifier? Kilo Charlie Oscar uniform. If you're a say no to Kilo guy, Charlie Oscar uniform. <laughs> say no to Kilo. I haven't heard that in forever. Say no to Kilo. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Jim, it's only three hours and 30 minutes. You, from you just looked it up too? <laughs> yeah. 341 from where I'm at. But I fly the slow downer, so it's going to take me a minute to get there. So just be patient. When you get here, we'll take care of you. Awesome. All right. Yeah, let yeah, us know. Right. We will see if that's something we can work out. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, um, I'll, I'll, once we finalize things and, you know, get those those charities nailed down, you know, and, and on board, uh, I, I plan on starting to create the flyer. And um, that's one thing that we're going to do a little different with this one is do a little more promo for it because the last one really we didn't it was almost entirely word of mouth you know your aviator facebook groups they probably look at me like what is this controller doing in here let's take them out <laughs> i just i'm trying to tell you about some chances to come in and fly in our airport so yeah word spreading clearly did because it even made it across state lines for just our second second event so if it happens to occur while i'm on my way back up i'm going to stop in with my trailer and i'll camp there for the night perfect absolutely perfect we got we got a bunch of beautiful campgrounds in the national forest here too that no i'm, I'm parking at the airport oh, I'm parking at, I'm parking <laughs> in the i don't think you understand i'll be at your airport <laughs> be ready 
<laughs> you and you need to go. Is there anything else that you guys want to add on these events, either the past ones or your uh, future one before we move on to the next part? Starting next year, we are going to host a fly-in event once a month, probably April through October. Wow. We're all a charity-driven event as well. So I told Cole about that. I was excited. And I'm again, I'm already brainstorming all the ideas. I've got lists. I've got groups that I want to get in touch with. So we are looking forward to next year, just really going full force with this. Yeah, we're trying to really make it charity focused, but also if we can, like we did with that second one, is include other local businesses. Mm -hmm. Well, are you two prepared for our final segment? This is all about what is your unpopular aviation opinions? Unpopular. Give me an example. <laughs> all right. Not like way out in left field. Mine is, I, I don't like the FAA's rules on some of their medical stuff. So, Which is not really unpopular, but... But it's my opinion all the same. <laughs> it is your opinion all the same. My coworker that called them the folks against aviation, so. <laughs> folks against aviation, I love it. <laughs> that's pretty good. Ooh, that's this funny. podcast will be shut down in a week as soon as we say that. Yeah. Cut that, yeah, cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Don't let that make it Challenge accepted. No, we might, yeah, we might try it. Like, well, you can process that awfully quick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, FAA. This is coming from the point of view of a line tech. That's fine. Well, we'll hear yeah, it. Yeah, ab That's, absolutely. That is totally a part of aviation. Let it rip. We don't set the fees. We don't set the fuel prices. Please do not come screaming and hollering at us because of insurance policies that are requiring us to collect a ramp fee from you. I get it that agents are some of the first people that you see when you fly into an airport, but we're not the ones to yell at. <laughs> That's actually some good information, too, because I, I don't know if a lot of people put a lot of thought into why does this airport have a ramp fee? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this damn airport has a ramp fee. And then you begrudgingly pay it and you move on. But that's, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like paying shipping for something that you know you're going to order anyway. So you just yeah. yeah, well, right. I'm going to pay you, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it, but here you go. Here's my credit card. Yep, it's business. From a controller perspective, and I think the ATIS thing, trust me, if I didn't if I didn't catch it in your initial transmission, I'm sorry. I have to ask again. But God forbid something happened and they start an investigation. That is the first thing that they ask us controllers is did they have the ATIS? So don't get mad at me for asking again if I didn't catch it or if it just changed, like literally just broadcasted the new one and you have the old one. I'm sorry. We'll listen to my voice again. Again, I'm sorry. Just go get take it. your 30 seconds of airplane running time exactly. and go listen to ATIS. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't like reading or listening or recording those notums any more than you guys like reading them <laughs> or listening to them. But we all have to do it. Okay. And I'm not trying to suck up or anything, but I, I would rather if I don't have the right one or if, say that I've had this a few times at my local airport where. I'm flying in and I picked up the ATIS right before they switch. I mean, I, you get to a point where you know when they're switching. So you try to wait, but there's times that I'm not paying attention to the clock as I'm flying back in. And they go, well, we just, you know, information Yankees now current. I would rather have that than the, our old information that you published earlier. I think I like it's all that. it's all a team process with every aspect of the flight, whether it be the line crews, the, the people in the tower, the, the pilots themselves, flight crews. They're all an important part of that process. So one other, I guess one other thing, I didn't think I'd have more than one, but I do. Right um, on. Would be, you know, from a controller's perspective, I would much rather you ask me once, twice, three times. I may sound frustrated or, you know, another controller may sound frustrated, but I would much rather you ask me, you know, hey, Tower, just to verify, I'm clear to cross runway two zero. Yep, cross runway two zero, whatever. Um, rather than the instruction was to hold short and you think you're, you know, told to cross or whatever, I'd much rather you ask and then, then us have, you know, a situation in your hands and have to go down a more serious rabbit hole with that. <laughs> sure. Right. Great points. Well, Jim, I don't have anything else. Do you have I anything? was just going to ask that. Do you two have anything else for us? Just keep yeah. an eye out on, you know, what we have coming down the pipe, we'll obviously be sending it to you guys. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. We, we really want to share what you guys are doing. So, yep. Brittany, if you want to plug the uh, say social medias. I would say I've been slowly trying to build up our social media presence. 
it's, it's still a new world to me because I'm not a social media type of person, but I'm working on it. So we do have a Facebook page, Columbia Jet Center. And then we also have an Instagram that is at Columbia Jet. And I've actually started pulling in a neighbor down the way at the airport here who is going to help me maintain and really lift that Instagram page up to get it out there for everybody to see the presence of us out here. Steve, mm -hmm. He's a heck of a photographer. He's, if I, if I may. I will uh, plug his Instagram because he is. He's gotten some very great uh, shots just here at the airport. Great. Even, um, yeah, Stephen Stein is uh, Instagram at handle if you will is SJS Aviation Sierra Juliet Sierra Aviation. Um, great photographer. You can you know kind of see some of the stuff we have uh, coming in and out of Columbia as well. We do get some unique stuff. Yeah, can't thank you guys enough for for having us on. It's been been a blast, great conversation, and yeah, we're looking to yep. have have you guys on again and uh, tell us even more of all the cool stuff that's going on. Well, we appreciate your guys' time tonight. No, thank you guys. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you both so much. We're really glad that this worked out, and uh, we wish you the best of luck in your future events. All righty. Thank you guys. Thanks, y'all. Have a great Sunday. Right, take care, guys. Thank you as well. See ya. Uh, hey, Mandy, welcome back. Hi, thanks. I'm feeling better now. Hey, that's great to hear. We can't have a good podcast without you, so... Aww. It's true. We get a little... I mean, we get off topic. We need a, We need someone to supervise us. So, <laughs> so with that, Jim, what do we have for our next episode? On our next episode, we're going to have the folks with Angel Flight Central join us. They run a volunteer-based... Uh, flight program offering free flights to those in need around all of the Midwest. Angel Flight's one of those really good organizations. I've known a lot of pilots that have been a part of it. And a lot of our pilots that uh, that fly with Aerobridge are also flying with, uh, with uh, Angel Flight too. So great organization. I'm actually looking forward to this conversation. So before we wrap up, just uh, want to tell you, we're making some updates to our website. We have some merchandise that we're starting to work on. When that is complete and available, we will push that out to you on all of our social media platforms so you can check out some Flying Midwest Podcast merch. Hey, I like we got that. merch now. Woo! Does this mean, finally, we're a real podcast? I think it does. It does. Um, and you'll like the slogan on the back of the shirts. It's just going to say, Podcast Service Terminated, Frequency Change Approved. See ya! See ya! See ya! That's not the That's end. Not don't, don't, turn don't, turn don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. We have a couple more things to say. So as always, if you have any feedback for the podcast, you can reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or email us at flyingmidwestpodcast at gmail.com. So guys, until next time. See ya. See ya. See ya. Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day. Did you hear that somebody actually made a plasma, um, whatchamacallit thing? A lightsaber? Star, Star Wars thingamajigger? Yeah, a lightsaber. Lightsaber, whatever. Ever you're, you're truly a disappointment to nerds everywhere. Jim, I'm sorry. This episode is going to be an absolute disaster. Oh, that's it. all right. I have a ton of things to do this weekend. I'm sure it'll be fine. Off the news and weather. Um, and the biggest news story we weather have now? is... <laughs> yeah, we're going to do weather now. We're okay. just going to read ATIS reports from different airports. Weather on the It's called, I have to lay down to like go drink water because it's on the floor. And my bed's, you know, not on... You look, you I mean, look like... You, you have like, like a, a vampire, you look like a vampire just went. Whoa. <laughs> I want to go back here. None of what you said just made sense. You have to lay down because you have to drink your water, which is on the floor. Do you yeah, have like I a leak that there's here. like a puddle there, or? <laughs> yes, I laugh at a puddle, like a freaking dog. Puddle and a straw, and that's how yes. man is getting her water. She's got some flooding. Yes. Square one for Trevor. Yep. Um, I'll put it on the board. It's on the board. Allow it. <laughs> He seemed very oh, reluctant okay. to allow it, but <laughs> it's on the board. It's on the myth mythical imaginary board I have in front of me. It's a unicorn. Me.
Yeah, it's like a unicorn. Points like for unicorn. Trevor are like unicorns. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's not Air Venture anymore. It's in the books. It's done. It's it's. It'll be a Phoenix next year. <laughs> no, it'll be an Oshkosh next year. Not Phoenix. It's too hot in Phoenix. <laughs> I hate that I laughed at that. That makes me mad. It was so terrible. <laughs> We, yeah, we crossed through many Midwestern states, and it was a good time. Did you breathe the air? Um, I held my breath through Flint, Michigan, but for the rest of it, we were all right. <laughs> Trevor is wrong. Okay. Oshkosh. Go ahead, Mandy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, Oshkosh. Oh, oh my gosh, Kosh. They're... Even more than two... <laughs> At 11 p.m., they will have the Coles County Memorial Air Strip. <laughs> oh, wow. You and me both, bucko. <laughs> That's special. Saturday, uh, nope, not October. Saturday, October. I said October again. What? You said October again. I know oh, I did. Because you started talking and threw me off. That's why I screwed it up, not because I screwed it up by myself. What's called the National Sap. Na- Nast- uh, frick, yikes. I'm trying to figure out how I should word this next question for you. Um, essentially, I like, word, I like your wording on it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to use that then. He can use see it. my notes. So we have shared notes that we have. So, Trevor's like a mind reader, he, man. This is incredible. <laughs> he's good, but he's not that good. Oh, oh my gosh, Kosh. 